Hello and welcome everyone to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. It's Aurelien, I'm here with Glenn and Darcy. And today we'll be discussing hiring a contractor. So we, we've discussed contractors and the relationship with contractors. Today we, we're going to dive a little deeper into the hiring process and uh, cover some other aspects of um, the relationship with the contractors. So Darcy, why don't you get us going? Yeah, um, this is, uh, we do a, well, a mixture of both. We have our in-house uh, custodial managers, which are usually handyman types, um, but you can recognize them because they have a broom in their hand or a tool in their hand. They're never just standing there with nothing in their hands. But uh, when we do hire outside contractors, they're hired for their expertise. Um, they have to be good. Uh, if they're not, what's the point? Um, you might think, oh, I need to hire you know somebody to fix this, but if they're not good at it, and that's then don't. Uh, so. When you're hiring an outside contractor, it's because you don't have the capacity within your own team to do it. Otherwise, you do it yourself because it's much more expensive. Built into the contractor's price is his insurance, his um, you know WCB or his WorkSafe, um, uh, his, his building licensing. Yeah, his truck, his red truck, all his tools. He's got a load of tools that you're paying for. You're paying for his truck should be filled with materials as well, so he's not taking an hour off to drive to the store to get materials like your own custodial manager will have to do. So when you hire that, you have full expectation. This person is ready to go. And when their clock starts, they're working and they're working as an expert, not as someone that you have to direct and teach and train and consider with. They're coming with that expectation or you shouldn't have them. Um, you just can't afford that. Um, the other thing that we've Darcy, thought- of, to cut you yeah. off quickly, like um, which kind of contractor are you looking, like uh, when, you're, when you're hiring contractors, are you hiring, you're probably not hiring a GC, you're hiring subs, like specific. Yep. Yeah. Right? Okay. We act as our own general that. contractor. Yeah, yeah, but your projects will differ, but ours- Yeah, I know, I just, I just wanted, yeah. we're gonna have different- uh, That's a good point. Yeah. Excellent clarification. We're serving as our own general contractor. So we're hiring a subcontractor in this case. It's often, um, almost always we hire electric electricians. We might replace a fixture and bulbs. We might fix a broken pl plug plate or, or switch plate things like that, but we're hiring a contractor to fix um, and do repairs that, are, that require expertise. Um, so this could be anything from our front door, uh, electronic keypads, um, uh, you know, panel work, uh, anything rewiring, uh, replacing anything, anything in the panel room, high voltage, you just, we're just not touching it. You're not allowed really. Um, and it's not safe. Um, often we're hiring uh, a plumber when it's when it's a plug drain. No, but when you have to redo a bunch of work, you're hiring. You're generally hiring a plumber. All our HVAC, mechanical, and boiler work are boiler me and mechanical guys. I just you don't screw around with that stuff. Um, it's too critical. Um, it's very specialized, and it's they're worth their money. But when I say worth their money. I recognize that there's a wide range of what those guys charge. There's no average. It's expertise comes at all different kinds of prices. And my caution is um, you, you should know what it should cost um, before you engage a person. You should have your budget and your costing and have that mostly figured out. Um, things happen. There's uh, surprises. There's always surprises, but you should know what they charge. You know, a drywaller can charge anywhere from 25 to $30 an hour to 90 and doing the same work. It's, you know, it's really up to you to be on top of it and know what the market is and know what that job should cost. Um, otherwise you're just roadkill. 
they, and then um do you fight them on the price like so sometimes you don't get like a quote if it's something small right and then, yeah yeah some jobs are just too small to quote and or with jobs with great uncertainty quoting it's going to really cost you because it's you know they're not stupid nobody's stupid they're going to cover their downside loss and the potential for loss with a lot of extra hours and time um so on things that are uncertain i'll watch it closely um if it's a larger job with lots of uncertainty we'll do a portion of it uh you know we've worked out where we do a portion of it um for hourly and you know time and materials and say this gives us an idea for time and materials and then we'll come back to it and requote it how do you feel about that um I wouldn't want to do a whole project that way, but we have done some where this uncertainty is so great that we just say it's going to be time and materials. And in general, in that case, I've worked with that contractor and I trust him. We have a relationship, but you still, you still got to watch stuff. Um, you know, people are people and some people will, you know, put in for a full day and they'll work from 10 ish to two 30 and charge you for eight hours. Um, they just kind of do. And, and some just kind of dog it some days and you don't really get good value out of it. That's kind of frustrating. So, you know, it, it just matters how long you've worked with people and how much you trust them. But know that when you're paying for a contractor's rate, you're paying for an expert that is experienced. You're paying for their insurance, their truck, all that other stuff is built into that price. So, you know, if you're hoping to get them for $14 an hour, $15 an hour, that's it. You're, you're unrealistic and you're probably um, being a jerk if you're fighting for that. So they're going to cost someone more. Someone who is unlicensed and unexperienced. That's right. And probably <laughs> if they make a mistake, they're uninsured and you know if they step on a nail they're coming back to you for a suit you don't want that you really don't you can't afford it because you you've paid for other and you can't do that um i would say you know i think in our earlier um podcast on contractors uh, experience is huge um you you want someone that can do the job otherwise you're going to frustrate yourself and the understanding is when you hire someone at that level who's a contractor a paid contractor they know what they're doing like you may discuss the details of the job, but they're going to come back to you with two options. We can do this, or we can do this, or maybe three, but they're going to generate the options. They're going to generate the solutions, and they're generally going to come up with uh, um, how you're going to process this. You don't have to be an engineer. You just have to be you know, on top of your game and know what you're about and know what you're doing, and they should be generating solutions. A contractor that comes back, puts his hands up and go, I don't know, you tell me, is probably your wrong guy, and you should end that quickly and go, well, I don't know. Why don't you go home and think about it? I'm going to go home and think about it and we'll restart at some other point and I'll call you. Goodbye. <laughs> um, so, you know, I have high expectations for their performance. My father was an electrician. He solved problems. He was an excellent electrician um, and he got paid for being an excellent electrician. He didn't cause problems. He solved problems. And I think that's overall what you're looking for in a contractor, solving problems and being an expert. Um, how do you, oh yeah, sorry. No. How do you guys see that? No, I, I totally agree. Um, Darcy, where are you finding these? So say you're, um, say, say you're new or say you even, you're just working on a new project. You, you bought something in, you know, a province you haven't bought before. Where, where are you, where are you starting? Where are you, where do you find these people? Uh, you know what? The contractor desk at Home Depot <laughs> <I> started there. <laughs> That's actually a great, you know what? Nope. You can, they can become around. your staff later because those people yep. aren't attached to them that they're attached, but not that attached. Well, they know who's there. You know, I've asked my lawyer when I've closed on a property, Hey, Hey, do you know any guys in the industry or you worked with these people um uh in windsor we kind of got lucky initially we had a property management company on the first project and they had some guys and we went through those guys and said those are hard no's but um uh, you know i always take it from uh, there's no perfection uh, some people want to be perfect and they wait forever for perfect 
um, I tend to think a body in motion tends to stay in motion. That's a physical property. So hire someone. If it doesn't work out, hire someone else. If your project is so lean that you can't make a mistake, you haven't enough money in this project and you don't have enough um, depth to what you're planning to do. So if you hire someone, make it a short job. We often try on a small scale, low consequence job to see if the person shows up, if they finish the job and if they report back to you. You know what I hate? A contractor who shows up, doesn't tell you when he's on site, leaves when he's done and doesn't tell you that he's left. It's just a mystery. Um, that's the conversation we have with them every time. And I think I've also had that conversation uh, almost with every contractor. You never talk to my tenants. You say hello, you say goodbye, and you never make suggestions or can't talk to them. They're not paying you. Their name won't be on the bottom of your check. It'll be mine. You talk to me, go out, get in your truck, roll out the windows, phone me if there's a problem. And we'll talk and we'll fix that problem. And then you go back to work. Don't phone me from in the suite and say, oh man, I think there's black mold in this bathroom standing in front of the homeowner or the tenant. That's that's insane. So that's my only caution. Uh, you got to find guys that are discreet. They can keep their tongue and they work for you, not for the applause of your residents or your tenants or the crowd around them. Um, I, I, I just hate that. I hate guys like that, that run their mouth all the time. I pay them to work, not talk to my tenants. I pay them to solve problems, not to create them. I pay them to be experts, not to turn me into their worker uh, to solve their problems. So at the price that you're paying for a contractor, these are reasonable expectations. I think you glazed over the most important part, but you did say it but oh. small jobs to start them with. Yes. Yeah. Small jobs to start. I'm not even lying. I had a student last week going, Hey, I'm going to go into the States for my first project into a market. I'm brand new in. And I found this house that is fire damaged. Yeah. And I'm going to rehab the whole thing. That's a big yeah. <clears throat> You're talking to all kinds of subs, <laughs> yep. everything going to get done. And I had said, I don't think that's the right first project. No. no, that might break you. Yeah, it, it could work out amazing, but the more likelihood is it's going to be a nightmare at the very least, even if it works out <clears throat> and it could go way over budget and with all kinds of different things on something like that. And a notorious project like that's been in the news and all the neighbors are watching and all the bylaw officers and every engineer from the city is watching and they're waiting for you to come in and pay your pound of flesh for fees and even just to talk to them, to draw them into the circle of trust and have a conversation with them. You know how much time that takes? It takes forever. Um, you can't work efficiently that way. That's a, a high visibility problem project for a pretty experienced uh, person. You're right. Uh, that's a bad first project, I would think. But it has lots of upside, but it could break you on the way there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, always the, the small first jobs, um, just to find out if they're trustworthy. You, you need to know. So something low consequence, something where they, you know, get to feel for you. And, you know, they have questions too. I tell my contractors, I pay quickly. I need to confirm the work. If I confirm the work is as described, I pay you really quickly. You'll get a draft, um, an e-transfer the next day. My, my back office processes stuff immediately. I don't run it out to 60, 30, 60, 90, 120 days. I process it. You produce a receipt, you know, like an invoice, and the work's confirmed, I pay you immediately. I don't jerk you around. You know, that's, that's offering them something um, pretty, uh, I think pretty good. Lots of guys chase their money forever. Um, Should have cut you off earlier. You cut, covered so many of my points. Oh, sorry. Okay, go. <laughs> Tell me what you got. 
<laughs> no, that I was learn. one of my things is to, to pay them quickly. I had one, uh, one of my partners way back and used to like to send checks and mm. they'd send checks and you're talking about going cross border through COVID and sometimes they wouldn't get their check for a month. And you know what happens? They just stop working, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think with everything that you're working on, all real estate is a people person, people business, and you got to think about it from their perspective. They have people yeah. they have to pay. Um, yeah. It, for me, I, I work with GCs. I usually hire out GCs. A lot of people go, you could do this cheaper by hiring out subs and being the GC. Um, the thing is, I couldn't do the workload I do without the GC. I would become the GC. That's where my job would go instead of analyzing deals. Right. I don't. I run really lean. I don't have a big team, so I use GCs to 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 do with subs. I do realize I'm paying for that service. Um, yep. But I am paying for that service. It is it is um, something that works good for me. Um, you touched on the referrals too, um, without calling them referrals to, to finding mm -hmm. these people to to find to do all these projects for you. And uh, a lot of people overthink this, and a lot of people make the mistake of just clicking on Craigslist or something to Facebook Marketplace or someplace to find these things. And it's not that's not how it works well. Nope. Um, the best is referrals, and and. It, it's got to be like, ideally, you know, somebody in that market, you know, wherever, where you're going, there's somebody, there's a realtor, there's uh, property managers, there is lawyers that you're, you're using the, the title companies to close this property. There is people you're working with throughout this process, even with the purchasing, ideally, you should have your contractor lined up before you're closing this property. Um, <laughs> But you are running through a lot of different people. Like I said, it's a people business and, you know, leverage these people. It's a simple question. Um, some of them might even have a referral fee, um, but you got to take this with a grain of salt and actually ask some, some decent questions to these people. Um, uh, I don't like people that are referring themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and um, a lot of people, I've had this, I, I literally got from another Canadian investing in the US uh, referral to a contractor. And then what they were saying, everything was perfect. And I'm like, well, did anything go wrong? Or even property managers when they're referring property, nothing. Well, I want them to be able to fit. I want people who know how to deal with problems because yeah. stuff is going to happen. Um, and that, those are the people with the most character to, to, to deal with things uh, that are going on. And when I'm doing my initial uh, talks with a, a contractor, I want them to know, understand, like a lot of communication, I want them to understand how they're going to be paid. Um, so, um, and that's going to dictate how they do the job too, right? So if they think they're just going to work and they're going to get like a salary for working for you, they will do things in a different order than if they're getting paid in draws from a bank. So for instance, uh, a draw from a bank is going to say, here's a whole bunch of itemized list and you check off what is done. The bank will check if that has been done. They'll send an assessor to go to the property or inspector, sorry, inspector, not assessor, uh, to go and look at, see if it's done. And then they will pay if that box is checked. So if the thing says drywall, but the thing is that they're going, I'm going to finish the kitchen first. Well, guess what? Drywall, they won't get paid on unless all of it is done, right? Unless you break this out and say drywall kitchen. So they need to know how they're going to get paid so that they can do the project the right way so they get paid right um and a smart contractor they're experienced they know how the banks are going to work and they know how this is going to work and so even if you give them this information before they even scope out the project they will scope it out they could scope it out differently they could say um a lot of times if they're smart they'll break it out and go kitchen uh cabinetry 
of, you know, of drywall, backsplash, and they'll break out rooms. That way, whenever they put it into the portal, they can be paid for each thing done in a room. Whereas sometimes if they think they're just being paid from you, they might just say drywall, five grand, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and they'll just come up with general numbers for the whole thing. So uh, you want them to know this because otherwise they're going to be surprised. (laughs) They don't get paid when they finish the kitchen and they're like, I can't release most of the money to you because you don't get paid until I get paid from bank. So it is one thing to let them know what's going on um, and explain to them that someone will be checking their work um, some people are surprised to, uh, to <laughs> see that. Well, they act surprised <laughs> <laughs> when you're like, Hey, uh, you know, um, so-and-so is going to be coming in before any money is paid. You know, um, there will probably be a one day at least hold. Cause I need to get someone in there to see that what you did is complete and to the standard that we expected and explaining the job before you start. Um, for instance, if you've went to all this work and you've pulled comps and you know exactly what you need the ARV to look like and you've done all this work, the biggest thing is no one shares this with the contractor. You never, they like just bid out the project and do it blindly. You know what's better setup is to go, I want my house to look like one, two, three Main Street. Here are the pictures in your email. Bid it out so that it'll look like this when I'm done. You've set expectations of what this property is going, you want to have happen. Yep. I think a lot of it, what you said is just really great communication. It's not a set and forget kind of thing with any of these people. You are the ultimate project manager because this is, you've got a stake in this. And the less communicating you do, the more chances this thing will go off the rails. So I do, when we got a project on, I'm talking to them two or three times a day. They might hate me at the end of it, but there's lots of clarity. We know what we're about and we know what our expectations are. I you have know, never and, gotten that much communication. So you're no. doing something better than me. Well, I'm on the <laughs> phone all the time. My kids just think, what does daddy do? Oh, he just talks on the phone. So <laughs> that's pretty much it. Uh, Sorry, we haven't heard from you. I yeah. know we're running long into this program, but... Yeah, so yeah, you've covered most of the points uh, I was going to make. And uh, sorry. My, in my experience, it's more repair and maintenance that I do on properties. And uh, yeah, uh, a contractor's desk, you know, at a, uh, a building supply uh, store is a good place to find someone, to hire someone. Um, recommendations from other landlords is another way to find someone. And like you said, you know, start off small with small projects and then build up trust and a relationship mm-hmm. and yeah and set expectations is um, is key and i know for larger projects i i made mistakes in the past where i didn't get um uh, uh a quote and uh i i, I make sure to get quotes now to uh, to know what i'm getting into and with a, a hold back where you know it's going to be a there's going to be, a, like Glenn was saying, you know, certain things to get done and the payment is going to be happening and then other things need to get done until the next payment. And yeah, yeah, I think this is, this is where the main points I wanted to make. And um, lastly, maybe, um, yeah, don't micromanage. So give them, I give that, I try to give them some room. Initially, I remember when, when on the first project I used to micromanage and because that's the way I was uh, working, you know, I would give my hours to my um, employer when I was teaching. And um, so I was very, I would break them down and send the invoice and be extremely thorough. So that's what I was expecting, but uh, yeah. yeah, I couldn't really uh, transfer that uh, into the contractor world. There was a little more 
and and don't pay them before the job oh no <laughs> yeah that's right i'm like i i didn't even put in my notes but i'm like maybe we should say that <laughs> don't because they're motivated by money so they're motivated to get yeah. paid so if you give them that ahead of time you've, you've screwed up the whole motivation yeah, yeah <laughs> but they don't they don't participate in the equity uh take out when you sell the property they're only there for the hours that they've contracted yeah. i know uh ari uh, said about uh um what your micromanaging and expectation it made me think of my dad my dad was a very very good electrician but he like most electricians he would drop whatever garbage you have right beneath his ladder and he never picked it up never and almost all electricians i think that's the job on day one never pick up your own scraps um it's they seem all to work that way so if i've offended some electricians sorry i i understand i've worked in the trade with my dad but my dad would just say you're not paying me to clean you're paying me too much to bend over and clean your shop for you i'm just doing electrical work find a cleaner you can't afford me to clean for you which you know make sure everyone stays in their lane if you have unreasonable expectations of people to behave in jobs things outside of their job you need to recheck that you're not paying an electrician to clean you're not playing a plumber to be a drywaller um, and when a plumber makes a big hole in the wall it's because you you didn't cut it for them or the drywaller didn't cut it for them and they're just going to cut it efficiently to get to their pipe they're not thinking of drywalling or painting after so that's on you and we get that often you know i wish you would have cut it on the studs or some other way that's not their job everyone stays in their lane and once you understand that then there's less less confusion and less hard feelings but yeah they're a necessary part of the business and uh i've benefited from really good ones really good ones are gold you just keep going back to them and you let them work uh the right ones and once you find good ones you know keep them close because uh, they're a really great, competent person can make your life so much better. Don't yell at them. People yeah, don't like you don't, yelled at. Yeah, don't yell at anybody. That makes your life crap. Yeah. yeah. That's the biggest mistake I hear from other people. They, or yeah. actually from my contractors. That's the biggest thing I hear. Yeah, I don't want to work with that company anymore because they yell at me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> our listeners then for this episode should stay tuned because our next episode is about how not get overwhelmed. What to do when you're feeling overwhelmed? Yelling. Yeah. Don't yell. That's not helpful. <laughs> so say, there's a little teaser for our next episode. Stop yeah. the, the whole thing away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. Hopefully you you enjoyed it as much as we um, uh, enjoyed preparing it. And if you have any questions you'd like covered during the show, please email them at advancedreitalk at gmail.com. Advancedreitalk at gmail.com. It will be our pleasure to cover them. Thank you for tuning in. All right. Bye, everybody.